Hello and welcome to our Ad Talk. I'm your host, George Tarnopolsky of GT Programmatic Consulting. Today we'll cover a look back at the week in ad tech, Yumi gets acquired, and LinkedIn launches its DSP. We'll also talk about Gravity4, formerly launching its blockchain-based Lydian coin token with Paris Hilton as celebrity investor or spokesperson. And in addition to discussing Gravity4, we'll also take a deeper look and do a who's who of ad tech companies doing blockchain today, including MetaX, Rebel AI, and of course, Nyax. Let's dive right in. Last week, we spoke about public company valuations and balance sheets. Since then, Yumi was acquired, and there has been a huge spike in the share price of Marin Software, so I felt it was timely. And of course, our goal wasn't about these necessarily being great companies, more around some of these being really good stocks, even through the market fundamentals lens. But moving on, Yumi was acquired by Rhythm One, which also made headlines this year after snapping up Radium One. The purchase price of Yumi was $185 million, which was right around the August public market cap for Yumi. And as we discussed last week, Yumi has $70 million in the bank and is profitable with the price-earnings ratio in the 50s. And in the press release, it was communicated that Rhythm One plans to continue running the Yumi business independently while plugging Yumi's managed service DSP into Rhythm One's marketplace to drive more demand there. I'm not super familiar with their business, but I believe Rhythm One operates both a sell-side and a buy-side business, and Yumi's DSP will help Rhythm with a self-service programmatic channel. Of course, a few episodes ago, we cautioned companies against doing both sell-side and buy-side. Will Rhythm One beat the odds? Time will tell, I guess. Moving on, another important development last week was the launch of the LinkedIn Audience Network, or the LinkedIn DSP, advertised as a native ad network, which enables you to reach even more professionals with your ads by placing your sponsored content on high-quality third-party publishers across mobile and desktop. And the phrase, high-quality third-party publishers, is key here. In practical terms, this means that your ads can run both on the LinkedIn feed parent Microsoft properties like MSN and Outlook, exchanges like Mopub, Google, Adex, Rubicon, and etc. Comparing this to a peer set, this is most akin to the Amazon ad platform, which is a DSP with data assets at its core. So you may ask, how's the UI itself, which they're dubbing the LinkedIn Campaign Manager? So funny enough, we already have DoubleClick Campaign Manager or DCM. Now we also have the LinkedIn Campaign Manager or the LCM. So I found the UI very easy with data at the center. First, you're asked to select an ad product, whether you want to target an audience in the LinkedIn feed and beyond, if you want to drive traffic from the desktop with text ads or send targeted messages and do email marketing. And we select option one, which is targeting audience with sponsored content in the LinkedIn feed and beyond. Then we're asked to select the LinkedIn company page, which we're promoting. Then we select the goal, whether we want to send people to our page or collect leads with a form. And now we select one of the previous posts that we want to promote. So if we have a LinkedIn company page and we have previous posts, those are the items that come up that are capable of being promoted with the LinkedIn audience network. And for now, this is a limitation of the offering. I think in the future, they're planning to have more ad formats to be released. So next screen is the heart of the LinkedIn campaign manager with targeting and audience options. And it's all really easy and straightforward. 
resembling all the 2.0 campaign management UIs like Facebook Power Editor. The first thing we're asked to select is we have an option of doing a matched audience, which allows us to do remarketing or upload a list of either companies or email addresses to target. Next, we select geography, which is required. And then we have a series of icons that represent the LinkedIn data segmentation. And we can target by company name, company industry, company size, job title, job function, job seniority, things related to schools, schools, fields of study, degrees, member skills, groups, demographics, including age and gender, and then years of experience, company followers, and company connections. As we add selections, for example, companies, we get suggestions of like companies as well. For example, when I added uh, Ithaca as the geography and Cornell University as the employer, I got suggestions for other universities that I could add as well. And as we add selections on the right-hand side, we get an audience estimate, which again is pretty standard for these 2.0 campaign management UIs. Now at the bottom of the screen, we have two basic brand safety options, exclude content categories and uploading a blacklist for exclusions. Overall, I found this pretty comprehensive for the basic set. This doesn't have a ton of bells and whistles, nor does it have third-party data capabilities. Moving on to the next page, budget and schedule, the options look pretty good. First, we select optimization method. Awareness, visits, or conversions are the options, which I'm translating to optimize the campaign to deliver, optimize to clicks, or optimize to conversions. Right below this field, there's an option to create a new insight tag for conversion tracking, which I found to be a nice touch at this step in the UI. Next, we select a bid type, either CPC or CPM. And next, we enter a daily budget. And interestingly, the system mandates a minimum. When I selected awareness, which again, I assume is optimizing the campaign to deliver in full, a red prompt told me that the minimum daily budget was $29, which is pretty witty. Similarly for the bid, I'm given a minimum bid suggestion and a tip that other similar advertisers are bidding between, in my case, $26 to $46. So again, overall, I thought this was a pretty comprehensive job creating a DSP with LinkedIn data assets at its core. And I think it will definitely give the Amazon ad platform a run for its money. I was particularly impressed at the minimum budget and minimum bid requirements, which will help mitigate downstream problems around client delivery and ultimately profitability too. Of course, a key core question is whether LinkedIn will be able to execute with Microsoft as the corporate parent. Historically, the track record of Microsoft launching advertising and particularly ad tech initiatives hasn't been that great. So we'll have to watch and see whether LinkedIn, again, with Microsoft as the parent, can be as successful as Amazon with the adoption of the Amazon ad platform. Moving on, I wanted to keep discussing blockchain and ad tech. Moving on, I wanted to keep discussing blockchain and ad tech. As always, when I'm preparing for this podcast or just trying to get better educated, I do a lot of reading to keep up. And this week's recommended reading is Blockchain Technology, the Marketing Value of Digital Permanence by Phil Gomez, who is an SVP at Edelman. And Phil does a tremendous overview of blockchain and its applications, including in advertising. In this paper, a line that resonated with me was from the CEO of Madhive, Adam Helfgott, who said, no one using blockchain today 
is taking ad dollars from brands as of this writing. This is significant. While blockchain is transformative, we are still at idea stage versus execution stage across the board. So let's begin with Lydian Coin from Gravity4, advertised with a tagline, the first marketing cloud for blockchain. And of course, Lydian Coin was thrust into public consciousness with Paris Hilton's tweets last week. It's not clear if Paris is a paid celebrity spokesperson, investor, or both, but she reportedly invested into Ethereum ahead of the public as well. I watched the Lydian Coin launch video, and it's trademark Gurbaksh with inspirational sound bites, voiced over presumably by Gurbaksh himself, in footage of people jetpacking around the Burj Khalifa skyscraper in Dubai. I actually found Dubai to be a nice touch as the whole country of Dubai committed to be all in on blockchain for its government processes and documents by 2020. So digging into the Gravity 4 slash Lydian coin initial coin offering, they want to raise $100 million at a valuation of $200 million, very ambitious, in order to launch the first AI big data marketing cloud for blockchain. The white paper is pretty jargony too, but the intention as I understand it is that G4 is an end-to-end marketing stack and Lydian Coin will enable buyers to buy and optimize media in an efficient and fraud-free way through it. My opinion is that if they raise $100 million, they may actually be able to do that. My problem though is that when I think marketing stack, I don't think Gravity 4. Everyone markets themselves like this, but there are very few integrated platforms in particular, Gravity 4 has grown through acquisition, aren't really known to have interoperable components. Mind you, this is a difficult problem even for the biggest companies, by the way. Even AOL marketed themselves as a unified buying platform, but in reality had issues with interoperability of Adapt TV, Millennial Media, etc. Now, if Google announced the launch of a pilot that used blockchain smart contracts as media buying protocol between publishers and buyers, this would be much more compelling. Moving on, I wanted to do a quick primer on who's who in ad tech and blockchain. First, to reset everyone's expectations, the world where blockchain does real-time ad purchasing isn't yet possible, and also no one is taking media dollars yet. As we mentioned in our August 21st episode on blockchain, a key problem is latency. Example, Ethereum supports about 15 transactions per second today, which is obviously not enough to support RTB. So most companies who are doing ad tech and blockchain together are solving for a piece of the puzzle in one that is usually adjacent to media buying like fraud detection. For example, MetaX created their ad chain registry, which is effectively a whitelist of publishers similar to ads.txt, but validated through blockchain. They imagine tackling the publisher validation aspect first in working together with DSPs as a partner. Likewise, another company, Rebel AI, are working on the verification question. From what I can see, advertisers have to specify their whitelist ahead of time and creative display if the site matches that on their whitelist with the authentication happening via blockchain. Next, Madhive is a DMP with a focus on TV and over the top. Their vision is to have identity encrypted on the blockchain one generalist vision is to give consumers access to their encrypted blockchain identity with transparency over where this identity may be used. Lastly, I wanted to bring up NIACs, who are doing interesting work in partnership with NASDAQ. 
Now, Nyax connects publishers and media bars directly and allows buyers to purchase media futures and does this via blockchain smart contracts. For example, if a buyer wants to lock down inventory for the Winter Olympics, which are coming up, they can lock in a price now, which results in savings to them and revenue recognitions for the publisher. The media buyer can possibly hold and then sell and arbitrage the contract as the timeline approaches. Really interesting stuff. This makes a lot of sense and will require some habit changes from buyers and sellers alike. There's also press about both IBM and Comcast doing different blockchain initiatives, which makes sense given their position. I think both companies have pretty severe fear of missing out, perhaps as hangover from 20 years ago and the internet boom. It's still not clear to anyone what the Netscape of the blockchain age will be. Who has been silent through this? Google and Facebook. No doubt both are exploring and developing blockchain initiatives and will show their hand soon enough. So with that, let's close today's episode. We're available on TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Please leave us a review and visit gtconsult.us. Thanks and take care.